everyone, and welcome to Passionately Interested, a podcast where we discuss the things we're passionately interested in. I'm your spooky host, Curtis. And I'm your nerdy host, Nick. I gave it an extra a long... I wanted to try a new hello. I don't know if that one worked <laughs> or not. <laughs> I might never do it again. I'll have to see how it sounded. Might be awful. How are you doing today, Nick? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing very good. We are... As of the recording, one day away from spooky time, which means that when this one goes up, it will be the first day of spooktacular month. Says no one. <laughs> no one calls it that. No one ever. <laughs> I don't know what what's happening to me. Who am I? The season. It inhabits you. Oh, God. <laughs> We're on like episode six and I'm like deteriorating. I've degenerated back. <laughs> Ah, shit. Okay, so I I have something that I wanted to open with, and it's really, it has nothing to do with either of the topics that we're going to talk about today. It's just something that I find really funny. So, have you heard of the game Deathloop? No, that is not one I'm familiar with. So, Deathloop is a game that just came out uh, late last month, I believe. Uh, No, early, middle of this month, September 14th, 2021. It is the newest game by the developer Arcane, who is behind the Dishonored games. Okay. And the game is, there's two, like, world-class assassins that are stuck on an island in a time loop. So, there's an assassin named Colt, and as you play as him, you are trying to eliminate, like, eight targets on the island and... Like, once you do, from from what I'm reading on the wiki, it releases you from the time loop, and then there is a character, a second assassin, by the name of Juliana. And when you're playing as Juliana, your entire job is to just kill Colt, which, once that happens, the time loop resets. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, it sounds like a pretty cool game. Like, I'm actually, it, it's very interesting. Right now, it is only on Microsoft Windows, so probably Steam, and PlayStation 5. But it is a timed, from what I can tell, it is a timed exclusive because Arcane is a subsidiary of Bethesda, who is now owned by Microsoft. So there is absolutely no way that it's not going to end up on other consoles, especially Xbox. And I guarantee it'll be a Game Pass game. But it seems really cool. But the reason I'm explaining this is because it may have changed by now. But last week, or maybe the week before, it was being outsold on Steam by Gas Station Simulator. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Which well, is exactly what it sounds like. Well, no, see, part of me feels like the gas station simulator sales probably has to do with a YouTube channel that I really like watching, uh, and that's called Let's Game It Out. Okay, I haven't and I haven't seen anything from them. It's this guy named Josh who mm-hmm. just takes games and breaks them. That sounds wonderful. Like he tries to do absolutely ridiculous things. Like, uh, he's played Satisfactory, which I, I love that game. Oh, yeah, that's a cool game. Uh, he, <laughs> he made a giant cyclone out of a conveyor belt that, uh, when he looked in its general direction, cut his frame rate into, like, a tenth. <laughs> 
And that's just one of many, many things he's done. But yeah, he did uh, Gas Station Simulator not that long ago. Awesome. And that might that might be why it uh, the sales increased. One of my friends was like, the reason that it's so popular is just, just a bunch of millennials and Gen Z that want to do something that they'll never be able to do in real life, like go to a gas station. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's why I like House Flipper so much. I <laughs> know. Oh, I'm like, oh, no. But I just found that really funny. Like, it's not surprising. It doesn't surprise me that Gas Station Simulator is outselling Deathloop, which is like a AAA first-person shooter. Mm. Like, the other game's cool, but I'm like, get them, Gas Station Simulator. You keep <laughs> just trucking along. Go, Indie Dev, go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we know an indie developer who has made simulators before, so. That is true. Yeah. He worked on Bus Simulator 2019? I believe so. I don't remember the exact year of it off the top of yeah. my head. Yeah, it was either 18 or 19. Shout out to Jason. Boy kicks ass. I'm very. Shout out to me hitting my mic <laughs> oh dope nice awesome i mean i can good cut that I out but now i'm not going to you good thing i wasn't hit, saying anything important <laughs> <laughs> i can just leave it in though because now we've mentioned it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like uh he's talked about a few of the games they've done yeah, he was working on that one and another one that was called like swarm or something that i saw some early footage of that looked really cool Drone Swarm. Drone Swarm. That was it. Yeah, that one looked really sweet. It was a very interesting concept. But I wouldn't be surprised if he had a hand in Gas Station Simulator. I'm going to have to ask him. (laughs) I don't think so. It'd be like, why not, man? You should have gotten in on this one, apparently. Let's see. Uh, Who's the developer for Gas Station Simulator? Drago Drago Entertainment is what I'm saying. Yep. Games. So, no. Not the company he works for. They should hire Jason. Jason's a good boy. (laughs) (laughs) Though I'm sure he is very happy with where he's working, and that place should keep him. (laughs) From my understanding, he does a lot of the artwork and such, whereas these indie games like Gas Station Simulator, they use a lot of uh, prepackaged textures. Oh. To just cut down on development costs and time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can understand that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like why reinvent the wheel for something that's not, you know? Yeah, if you if you have the tools at hand, might as well use them. Exactly. So none of this has anything to do with either of the topics that you and I had planned. Oh, definitely to talk not. About. No. <laughs> well, I mean, very loosely associated. Very loosely associated with my topic, <laughs> dude. Why are we falling apart? I don't know. <laughs> but, oh uh, no! My topic. There's been. A number of video games made based off of the materials. So, I mean, it's a loose association. Yeah, yeah. It's got the video game association. Um, Mine has been featured in video games. So, I guess that counts, too. So, hey, there we go. We were on topic the whole time. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Our minds never wander. Yeah, we wrapped the yarn around the final thumbtack in this room filled with pictures. I can't move because of all the yarn, but we did it. I am now trapped here forever, but I have (laughs) solved it. I'm going to talk about mine first because yours has way more meat on its its, uh, discussion bones. It really, really does. I don't like what I just said. 
that sounds bad. Discussion <laughs> bones? Hey, it's spooky season. It works. That's true, but it's almost as bad as when someone in a podcast I listened to called the crust of pizza pizza bones. I mean, I've heard that said before. It's not what I yeah. like calling it, but it's not <laughs> anything new. Mmm, these delicious pizza bones. Oh. So I want to talk about this phenomenon called the Uncanny Valley. And it, it is uh, a fun one. Yeah. It's really fascinating to me. Also because there's some very funny and interesting... I wouldn't really call it a conspiracy, per se, so much as just, like, theories. And, you know, who knows how many of them people are actually taking seriously. But I enjoy the concept of them. Mm-hmm. So, the Uncanny Valley is a psychological phenomenon, like you said. Thank you for such a, a, a well-worded description of it. You're welcome. Where... There's like this graph that they have put together that's basically the hypothesized emotional response of people to things as they become more and more human-like. And the valley is there's this large dip from positive to negative responses Mm -hmm. as you get closer to like fully human. So... On the lowest spectrum of the graph, which I have up in front of me, is like industrial robot. And then it moves up to like a humanoid robot and like stuffed animals and stuff. And then where it dips down, it says zombie at the bottom of it, which I don't know if that's necessarily like the epitome of scariness in the Uncanny Valley. But it's basically things that look human, but do it imperfectly get this really like eerie and uncomfortable negative response from people when they look at something that looks superhuman but it's just like a couple of degrees off it just sets something primal off in people's brains Mm -hmm. and my favorite thing is there's so many ideas as to exactly why that is yeah and that's kind of some of the fun theories that i have read that i just makes it a more interesting hypothesis because that's all that it is it's just a hypothesis it's got a lot of um, studies and research put into it but it's not like a proven thing necessarily it's just an observed thing um Mm. but one of the things that they have listed and i think it's too high on this graph but there are these things called bunraku puppets that look very human it's really weird they're a japanese theater puppet um they're not fully human sized but they boy howdy do they look actually human and it is very they're very uncomfortable to look at they're just little people yeah they're they look so real and it's it's partially because of the use of like kabuki makeup and stuff like that Mm -hmm. it it allows them to forego some uh like actual some of the softer details that a human face would need exactly they can go with the sharper looks and it gets the 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 paint hides some of the facial structure that assists the puppet with looking more realistic and i feel like it should be a lot lower (laughs) than like (laughs) midway and like i said zombies shouldn't be at the bottom there's there's actually two parts of the graph as well there's one for moving and one for still and corpse is at the bottom of still and like so zombie and corpse are on par with each other. And I would say the bottom would be more like a like a, a, a like I love horror monsters in movies and video games 
that are humanoid, but like maybe they don't have eyes. It's not like their sockets are empty. It's just smooth across and they have Mm. limbs that are too long or like really long fingers. There's a horror short on YouTube called, uh, I think it's Seesaw. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to look it up real quick because it is super good. Uh, now I'm just looking up examples of Uncanny Valley, and some of them are very off-putting. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Looks. Oh, it's the look-see. It's the look-see. That's what it is. Oh, the look-see from uh, uh, Crypt TV. That's the one. Yeah, the look-see by Crypt TV. If, if you have not watched, there's... There's five episodes now? I did not know that. I've seen like one, two, and three, and those really, yeah. Like, see, it's been on my list of things to watch, but that list is huge, and yet for some reason, every time I finish something, I go, I'm going to go watch this for the 20th time. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And, you know, you got you got the comfort stuff. It looks like there's five episodes of this now. But anyways, the first one's really, really good. Because that's the one that kind of introdu- introduces the whole concept of the creature. And I really like suspense horror mm. for various different reasons. Uh, mostly my my own mental problems that I deal with. I can't do gore and stuff like that. S- but I, I also just don't kind of like gore. Like, gore is boring. Gore is way too easily overdone. Yeah, they do it as a sh- for a shock factor. They're not trying to actually scare the viewer. They're just trying to shock you into feeling like fear and unease. Mm. And that's just like it's it's a lazy tactic. I understand its usage, but when it's overdone, it's just kind of like lazy. Now, there are some movies where I do appreciate their level of gore because they know what they're doing and they just take it to the extreme because it's funny. Uh, right. One of them was, I want to say it's called Dead and Breakfast. It's a zombie movie. Oh. Where, like, the end scene character is trapped by a bunch of zombies and just ripping them apart with various weaponry. And there is literally someone above her off screen with essentially a shower head just pouring blood down on her. God. <laughs> like Jesus beats. They're, they're doing it to intentionally go over the top. Oh, yeah. And I completely understand that tactic. Like, I get it. I understand the usage. I personally think that in a lot of horror films and stuff, it's used too much. And it kind of, mm. they use it as a crutch. They're, either the scene's not super scary or on its own, maybe the monster isn't super scary. So they add that in to try and add, and you know, because um, it's, it's just like this base reaction to stuff like that. So it scares yeah. people just by it existing. They didn't have to. They don't. It makes it so that you don't have to really work for it. And with the look, see the what's scary is the sound design is really good. The environment, the whole first episode takes place in a bathroom in essentially one single bathroom stall because this lady runs in and hides in there because she's being chased and then a whole bunch of stuff happens. So it's like it's a a very small claustrophobic space, but all they work with is one bathroom stall and like a peek into another one. Gotcha. And it's still terrifying. Like the the episode is horrifying. I, I feel like the way you feel about gore is the way I feel about jump scares. Yeah, I mean, I feel that way about jump scares as well. Like... If you can do a horror game 
you shouldn't have to rely on just boo oh i gotcha <laughs> like right yeah one of the things i like to tell people is one of my favorite quote-unquote horror games it's not a horror game but just the way they built the atmosphere it, it just put you in that mindset of something is gonna get me mm-hmm. and that's the game gone home it's just a first person exploration game where you're exploring the house your family moved to while you were at college to figure out where everyone went oh yeah like it, and it's not a scary it's not a scary reason why everyone's gone it's just you're wandering this unfamiliar house in the middle of the Ooh. night while it's storming yeah and you don't know what's happening and it just sets you in this perfect like horror mood but it's not a horror game right i've seen this i think on xbox game pass and i i've i've eyeballed it a couple of times but that's super interesting I like I actually like that the the design of the game makes it maybe unintentionally scary. I won't say yeah. it's probably it's probably not fully unintentional. Well, there's a couple things where they drop like ghost story type things like mm. around the house to make you think, "Ooh, maybe it's supernatural." Uh it's not. <laughs> okay. I got gotcha. you. But like the entire time I just expected something to just pop out. Right. Yeah, anticip- anticipation can almost sometimes be scarier than oh, the definitely. actual jump scare. Like, and then there's games where that's kind of its thing, and I enjoy them as like their own thing. It, it's it's I I I do feel like it's lazy when jump scares are implemented super heavily into a game that is trying to be an environmental horror or like a monster horror or something like that. But like mm-hmm. Five Nights at Freddy's is only jump scares and I enjoyed I enjoyed it when it was like the first and the second one. At this point I don't even pay it any more attention cuz it's just there's so many and it's Yeah, done. it's Yeah, the game mechanics mechanics boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the game mechanics change, you know, from game to game and yeah, there is a ton of lore and story in that series yeah but it's just i'll I'll read about the game but at this point watching people play it it's just more of the same right i've seen some fan games use some really 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 cool mechanics there's one where you're like this little kid in a uh in his room and you're sitting on the bed and the like all the animatronics have come to your house and so you have to like close the blinds and check in the door and hide under the blanket at a certain point and like that's an interesting way to go about it that actually a little bit might different. be one of the five nights of freddy games oh uh, maybe it was i thought it was a fan game i watch a lot of markiplier and he plays the, the, a lot of those the pro- yeah that's the problem <laughs> <laughs> Because I can't remember what is and isn't a fan like tribute game, or which is one of the real ones. Because I've watched him play all of them, and it's just yeah, the like Five Nights at Frumpties or Flumpties. Yeah, that one was. I actually liked the design of those characters almost more than the animatronics. Like I love, I adore animatronics, animatronics, and that kind of deals too. I think with the Uncanny Valley because animatronics, a lot of the time, it's not even just human. They uh. They try to appear to be lifelike in a way. Mm -hmm. It's like a lot of the times it's a cartoony lifelike. But even then, one of my favorite gifts on uh, like Facebook Messenger that I like to throw at people who I know are bothered 
by it, particularly like my friend Cody. He really does not like <laughs> animatronics. <laughs> so there's one specific one that somebody took a video of a one of the uh, of the Chuck E. Cheese animatronic that's up mm-hmm. on stage and he's it's like talking and slowly turning and then its eyes just like click straight onto the camera oh yeah i know that one <laughs> i love that one so much because i'm like oh gross more please <laughs> <laughs> but no animatronics definitely play heavily into the uncanny valley mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is which is one reason why animatronics in horror video games are so good as well as like mannequins in horror games just because they appear from a distance you're like oh is that a person oh they're not moving oh that's a mannequin oh it's gone now like that's just bad on its own yeah but the uncanny valley too kind of plays a lot into what you're wanting to talk about so it's a good it's a good way like a segue when when we get into it because i i know for a fact that there are uncanny valley stuff in your topic uh, the Uncanny Valley stuff, the potential reasons for it, I've never really looked into it much. I do remember hearing one, and it was by far just, uh, I found it the most amusing and potentially my favorite mm-hmm. hypothetical reason for why we have that phenomenon. Which one was that one? Uh, that's the fact that, you know, when early humans were developing, we were not the only humanoids on the planet. Right, yeah. And it was game of survival, us versus them, you know, us and the other, like literally the other at this point. Right, yeah. And because of that, you know, it was became kind of instinctual into our brains that this thing looks like me, but is slightly off. I have to get rid of it. One of the ones that I heard that's like, it's a, it's a, it's just of a similar vein, but they're like the existence of the uncanny valley tells me that long ago there was a reason for humans to instinctually be afraid of something that looked human but wasn't mm-hmm. and i'm like in less words it's you know it's it, in less words it's the same thing of what you're saying but i like the idea that it was some sort of human like monster or something that could take like a like a skinwalker or a a shapeshifter it's like yeah no i get what you're saying yeah it it puts a much more of a horror twist on the concept which i also find amusing yeah get a lot of horror tiktoks in my for you page because that's the kind of stuff that i end up harding <laughs> man mine's like 90 percent disney <laughs> oh yeah problem. i mean i get <laughs> <laughs> i mean i get some of that too i can't say i'm surprised that that's what yours is i get some stuff and i send it to you like i guarantee he's never seen this you probably have by the time it gets to you <laughs> but i, I mean, get a lot did- of you did give me earlier today. I hadn't heard about the uh, the new Magic Bands. Yeah, I I just like I saw it and I was like, I'm not gonna click on this. I'm just gonna send it to him in case he wants to talk <laughs> about it in an episode. But they look I mean, super cool. Th- th- there will be plenty of Disney talk down the road. That is for sure. Yeah, when it gets closer to time for you to go, I'm sure that's like you're gonna load up and just be like, here you go, a whole episode just. <laughs> <laughs> Then, you know, when I get back talking about everything, being like, I bought this and this and this. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm completely, I would love to hear about your trip after you get back. I think that would be really cool. All right. I will keep that in mind. At some point, uh, my wife and I, next year, we're hoping we're going to go to Salem, Massachusetts. So I might be able to turn around and do the same thing at some point. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Nice. Go, go away, ick. Please, please, please. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know. I don't. Oh, we got there from Disney TikToks. That's right. So with horror TikToks, I've gotten, <laughs> man, tangents galore, but I have gotten some that, I mean, they might be scripted. I don't really question it because sometimes it's more fun to not question whether the video is real or not, but I have gotten some human-like entities in TikToks. There was one specifically where it's this person who like the caption was talking about or like maybe the beginning of the video was saying that they were out hunting and they heard this person yelling and they went to investigate and it's like this dark evening where the sky is orange but there's like just so much shadow cast across the landscape and this person creeps up past these trees and you see that there is uh what looks like a man standing in the middle of a field like maybe a cornfield or something like that so it's he's covered up to like just underneath probably sternum level mm. and he's just standing there kind of staring up and you can't see any of his features his whole body is like shadowed silhouetted against the orange sky but he's just like screaming help and then walks really stiffly where his arms are kind of out to the sides like he's almost t-posing and he like screams help and stands there and turns really abruptly and just kind of like bounce walks to the side a little bit and then somebody help me and then just stands there again and turns mm. and it is unbelievably ups- uh, like upsetting i was about to say maybe i was <laughs> going to say upsetting we're just going to stick with upsetting it's gone no, I now mean- whatever the word was it wasn't upsetting but it is now. <laughs> no, stuff like that. It reminds me of, you know, a variety of like horror YouTube channels. I follow. I should actually send them to you. See if you've seen them. Yeah. As well as like uh, some very old Twitter accounts just telling alternate reality horror stories. Ooh, that's very fun. Those are some of my favorite. Yeah, those are good. I follow an artist on Twitter who is unbelievably amazing at a lot of art that deals with, because he, he does like almost exclusively horror. Mm. He was actually the person who came up with Siren Head. Oh, okay. Freaking Siren Head. I love Siren Head. Yeah. Siren Head's good. Everything that he does is very uncanny valley. Oh, there he is. Trevor Henderson is his current name on there. I believe that's his full name, but Slimy Swamp Ghost is his Twitter uh, Twitter handle. I love his artwork. Oh, it's so good. But, I mean, so, like, you've seen it, you know, a lot of his stuff is Uncanny Valley. It's oh, yeah. a lot of human-like monsters who, may, like, maybe they mm. have giant bulbous heads or their necks are a foot and a half long. Yeah. But his stuff is really, really good. At Slimy Swamp Ghost is his Twitter handle, and you should absolutely go check his his stuff out. But he's the one who created Siren Head. Gotcha. So all the Siren Head games can be blamed on him. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) But he's got another one that I... It's not a Uncanny Valley one, but it's called Long Horse. Yep, I know Long Horse. Yeah. But Long Horse is this, like, it's supposed to be an omen. Like, if you see it, it's like an omen of death or something like that. But the only thing that you ever see of Long Horse is its horse skull head. 
with long black mane that kind of hangs around its head like hair. Yeah. And then it's infinitely extending neck that has a like an endless amount of finger-like joint bends. That you never see the other end of. Yeah, it's it's like its neck is always extending outside of your view. So, mm-hmm. you know, in artwork it just means it's extending off of the off of the page. Yeah. Outside of frame. But the story is that if you see Long Horse, you could like follow its neck and its neck would just continue to extend no matter how far you look. It would never leave your field of vision or you would never be able to find the end of it, I guess I should say. Mm. And that's good in a scary way, but bad in like every other way. <laughs> like I love it as somebody who loves that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's a that kind of love where I'm like, hmm, hate it. That's no good. Sorry, I got off track because uh, I found my next horror topic for when we get to that. Oh. My mind jumped onto a tangent. I'm like, I got to look it up now or I'm going to forget. But I got it. So we're good. (laughs) Well, why don't you go into that now and you can segue into your topic. Oh, well, I mean, if we're going to... Actually, you know, yeah, we'll talk about my topic another day. I mean, there's still plenty of it. So there's no rush on that one. Uh, Okay. The thing... (laughs) that for some reason just this conversation reminded me of it was a trend at least it was a trend from what i saw on youtube a while ago to do like old school almost like local tv public access uh recordings like recording Mm -hmm. you know a local channel just doing various things throughout the day oh yeah well late at night specifically and just using those to create this weird alternate universe kind of horror just building this world of so many questions and no answers i love that like uh one of the first ones i remember seeing it's called contingency Mm -hmm. and the youtube channel is local 58 tv this is from 2017 okay and it's essentially uh the premise is it is an emergency alert just letting everyone know that something has happened in the country but uh, hmm. everything will be okay because there's this contingency plan in place. So just follow all of these steps and everything will be okay. And it's it does a really good job of just building this horror universe. Hmm. It's, it's I don't want to go into too many details because if anyone goes to watch, it's only like three minutes long. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. You're, you are you are correct. But there, the, the downside of that is not a lot I can talk about about it without giving you know the few key points away oh yeah it's it's the the channel is local 58 tv Mm. so if you if you google local 58 tv contingency then you find exactly what he was talking about yes and uh their first video is also uh you're on the fastest route Mm -hmm. or fastest available route and it's just you know it starts off recording of a tv channel they're talking about you know the late night programming but then it cuts away to a recording of someone driving in their car and the gps is giving them directions and you know it tells them you are so many hours away you're on the fastest available route mm-hmm. and then it just cuts to later in the trip and later in the trip and they're getting further and further away from civilization until it takes them into the middle of the woods and it's <laughs> you have arrived at your destination Ooh. And then you hear a noise, and the next thing you know, the car is speeding through the woods. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Like it's Yeah, it's I love it because it's very simple horror, 
but that's my favorite thing is just because it's simple doesn't mean it doesn't you know get that impact with you it doesn't make you it doesn't make the hair on the next day it you don't have to go overly complicated to scare the shit out of people oh absolutely not there is a TikTok channel. I don't know if it even exists anymore. This was a while back that I even found it, and their stuff would pop up randomly. Mm. But their whole thing was they were making these videos. There, I don't think there was ever any talking, but they were always wandering around like this dark, empty mall. And the story that they were building with their videos was that they were stuck in this endless mall. Like there were just infinite floors. Oh, that actually ties in perfectly to what my original topic was. But another day. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, because of the key, yeah the IKEA one. That is my probably my personal favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> They're making that one into a game too. Yes, and it looks it just looks super exciting. Maybe we'll just have to drag our special guest into that one. Be <laughs> <laughs> like, hi, we're gonna talk about this one thing with you really quick. And, and then, then we're, we're going, going to throw this. you into the infinite abyss that is SCPs. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that just also reminded me of, uh, I was talking about the Twitter accounts. The one specifically is called The Sun Vanished. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially just, it started out as a guy made a Twitter and just started making this alternate world where the sun disappeared one day. Ooh, people are so creative. Yeah. Like it went on for a very long time. I was absolutely impressed with how long it kept they kept it going. But again, it's just another example of just a simple concept and just running with it. Yeah. I mean, if you've got the drive and obviously that person had the creativity to create stories like that, you can you can just kind of do stuff like that and it creates some really really fun stories that you get to almost be a part of because you watch the little bit by little bit come up Mm. and that kind of stuff is great because you know it adds a little bit of you you get just that little hint of maybe it could be real very likely it's not but maybe yeah it it gives like there there tends to be a little bit of believability to it that lends to the audience being able to kind of let themselves become immersed in the story and that kind of stuff is uh chef's kiss oh yeah but (laughs) there's there are so many of these things out there and i absolutely love them and the only reason i find most of them that i find is because i stumbled across a couple youtube channels where they just talk about these things Mm -hmm. and then they set me off into all of these wonderful rabbit holes of alternate universe horror and i love it it's the, the best thing is like when you spend like way too long late at night or like not even late at night. Like if you're by yourself and you zoom in on this stuff and just kind of flip through too much of it mm-hmm. when you finally realize like, oh, man, I got other stuff to do. And you like start paying attention to everything like you just kind of zoom out of your phone or your screen or whatever and start paying attention to other stuff. You feel really weird. Yeah, <laughs> but. To the concept of just simple horror, mm-hmm. one of my absolute favorite things, two-sentence horror stories. Oh, yeah, those are good. I know that it's, I guess, a TV show. I've never seen it, and it kind of destroys the entire concept to me that it's a TV show. Yeah. Because, I don't know. I haven't actually looked into it. Maybe it's based off of the two-sentence horror stories, 
But like, I, I would assume that each episode is basically we pitched it with two sentences and then we made a whole episode, something like that. Potential, yeah. But like, you know, things like there was a picture in my phone of me sleeping. I live alone. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I brought some up too. I'm gonna hit you with, hit you back with some. You hear your mom calling you into the kitchen as you are heading down the stairs. You hear a whisper from your closet saying, "Don't go down there, honey. I heard it too." Oh, that's an that's that's an old and eldy but a goody. Oh yeah, that's, I love that one because it just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's a good one. I can hear one year into the future. Today, the noise stopped. That's a pretty good one. Not not nothing like super mind blowing. That that one that one's pretty good though. Oh yeah, I can't move, breathe, speak, or hear, and it's so dark all the time. If I knew it would have been this lonely, I would have been cremated instead. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't like this one. This one's too good. The driver wasn't very chatty, so I checked my phone. Hey, it's your Uber. I'm outside. Yeah, that one is like. Way too close. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Sorry, I'm now just reading this and I've gotten. Yeah, I know. I'm looking. I'm looking for some good ones to read too. She asked why I was breathing so heavily. I wasn't. Oof. Eesh. Or uh, what about what about this one? They say a shiver run uh, a shiver down your spine means that someone's walking over your future burial site. As my husband walks around outside gardening, the shivers won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> see this this one isn't so much of a horror as i just find it kind of amusing there's nothing like the laughter of a baby unless it's 1 a.m and you're home alone oh that's no good <laughs> that's no good at all after so many years living alone in this large house i came to a starting revelation and this time i closed far more doors than i had opened Ooh. But see, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's someone in the house that's haunted. You could just have a door like the one in my office that just doesn't latch and will fly open on its own, especially if the dog hits it. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to start recording and your dog was just like, what did I tell you about closed doors in this house? Yeah, because like half the time you just push it open and then just stand there looking at me. Wouldn't come into the room. Just be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a harmless yeah. mask on the wall, my mother tells me. That's easy for her to say, since it doesn't appear in her room every night. <laughs> but I Yikes. just remember the amount of, like, creepypasta that I consumed mm -hmm. in my life. Just, like, you know, some days when I'm supposed to be working, and it's just, I'm sitting there waiting for something to happen, so I'll start reading, and then just get involved into these sometimes absolutely astoundingly amazing worlds that these people can you know write up yeah yeah it's there are there are a lot of really creative people that just kind of like that medium for them is a very is a very good way for them to kind of dip dip their hands into the mm. the proverbial bowl of water i don't that was a bad <laughs> metaphor <laughs> But it then raises the question, you know, would these people create the same kind of quality of horror if they weren't? It seems like, would they still create this level of amazing yet simple horror if they had, you know, the budget of Hollywood at their hands? True. Yeah. Because 
sometimes it's like, are they doing this because it's a creative choice? Are they doing it out of necessity? And it's like, I like to think that they're doing it as a creative choice because it just makes it that much better. Yeah. But who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, there might be some people that just don't have access to what they could true, like the, the tools to truly create whatever they're they're trying to. Because some of those creepypastas are good. Oh, yeah. Like, there are some absolutely amazing ones out there. Abs- yeah, for sure. For sure. I got I got another one, though. I, I actually, like, silently gasped when I read this one because it that was <laughs> it's it's uncomfortable. I love these clap on lights. Just one problem with them. When I clap to turn them on, something underneath my bed claps to turn them off. <laughs> See, and that ties into this one that I just read, which is, you know, it's it's a, it's a nice little fear of mine. You get home, tired after a long day's work, and ready for a relaxing night alone. You reach for the light switch, but another hand is already there. Ooh! Ooh, no! Like, that's a, I'm always afraid of reaching for a light switch in a dark room, being like, what if I hit something else? Yeah, ooh! remember you're not afraid of being alone in the dark you're afraid that you're not alone that is absolutely true that is absolutely true i'm i'm struggling ever so slightly though because the way that my desk is set up i'm in the corner and facing the corner so the wall or the room is to my back me too (laughs) and yeah yeah and there was a little bit like i kind of just like looked around like just don't look up never look up she hates being seen you really want to look up now, don't you? Oh, yeah, I did. Okay, we're good. There's just some cute bats above me. It's fine. And I mean, it doesn't help that my room is decorated with horror stuff. So it's like... You know, I'd say it's that time of year, but I know you. Yeah, it's it's that time of life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got this ceramic shrunken head that I need to hang up. I wore, I, I got it at the Holly Michigan Renaissance Fair, and then I one time wore it on my belt oh, to no. our LARP, and then was like, mm, this is a horrible idea. Oh, I was worried something had happened to it. No, just the fact that, you know, it's on your belt hanging no. there, and so you get a bruise on your leg. Yeah, I was, well, I was just like, I wore it one time, and then I realized, like, nah, I'm terrified this is going to break. This is a piece of art. Like, what am I doing? Yeah, that's a pretty solid reason. Uh, the whole bruise thing is why I don't wear mugs on my belt anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I wear them, I wear them on my buttocks so that they're if they're smacking against anything, it's my booty cheeks. Hey, I've done that before, and then I had bruises across the back of my legs. I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> that jerk just gave me the middle finger. I swear, Your Honor, I don't know where the rest of the body is. <laughs> Okay, that one. That one's <laughs> that not, one's scary. not scary. scary. That one's just kind of a twist. Yeah, but no, there are just so many of these things. Some great, some okay, and some you know middle ground. But it's just one of those wonderful creative exercises of how much can you pack into a small package. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of, I guess, in a way, it kind of shows. It doesn't take very many words to get an idea oh, yeah. across. Just literally two sentences, and you can have someone just shiver because. Ugh. Yeah, it's it it it's because of the power of like the human mind and being able to take an idea and basically infinitely expand on it. But you you know like you read that and then you can you it it causes emotions in you and you can almost picture like all the things that it says and it just create like it, the brain can cause itself fear. Oh yeah, imagination is one hell of a drug. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, that's. <laughs> I don't really have much more to add to that part, but yeah, it's just amazing that <laughs> oh. a lot of it is we're just scaring ourselves. Oh man, isn't that true though? I that's that's my biggest thing with like the ocean. I'm terrified of open water because my brain creates like all these things that could possibly be in it and I like I just don't like it. It's kind of like space. I cannot stand deep dark water. I hate it. Deep dark water and the open expanse of space are both terrifying but in See- different ways. I almost feel it's weird that the ocean feels both way too big and way too claustrophobic at the same yeah, time. No, I get exactly what you mean. Yeah. I don't get that with space, though. But that's because, you know, I think it's just the concept. My brain is like, no, I can't see that far into water. But space, I can see all of it. Completely ignoring the fact that, you know, if you were to actually be in space... Uh, no, you really couldn't because light sources. <laughs> yeah, but also like space is scary for me because I guess it's hard for me to comprehend the fact that it is like infinite and that's just a hard concept to really wrap around. Well, just remember, it's infinite and growing. Yeah, it's infinite and infinitely expanding and that is just such a, a And I'm going to stop thinking concept. about that right now because it hurts my brain. <laughs> That endless thing is growing. You're just like, oh, God, (laughs) everything's folding in on itself. (laughs) I actually learned completely unspooky. Well, it's a little bit of a cool down. One thing that I I heard recently that I find super cool is that scientists use the light that bends around galaxies to see further, using them as basically magnifying glasses for telescopes fascinating yeah because the the gravity of the galaxies themselves bend Mm. light around them so you can look through them as if they were like a concave convex lens whichever one is the correct one for magnification i i started to say it and then realized i don't know which one's which convex thank you so yeah you're welcome But you can look through it like one of them magnificationers. And I I was slightly reminded of that because I have a space painting that I did directly in front of my face. So I was just peering at it and I'm like, ugh, space is scary. The ocean, though, mm mm-mm, no, no. No, ma'am, no, sir. No, no, them. (laughs) Do not want. It's also called a converging lens. (laughs) Sorry, I've now, I've gone down this rabbit hole. Oh, our brains are bad today. Yeah, today. Only today. <laughs> yeah, only, never, the rest. Yeah, it's just something's really wrong today only. <laughs> I swears. Well, I think that's probably a good place to stop for this one. We've gone over quite a bit of <laughs> good content and also wildly rambly content. And a lot of unplanned content. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, we we completely, we have shifted what you were going to talk about. Because <laughs> ah, we okay. found some other stuff. <laughs> it, it's it, fine. We'll have it for another time. Exactly. So, real quick before we go, I want to kind of bring to the audience's attention, uh, like, what we're wanting to do for the next episode, which I am super excited about. And then a special episode that we're going to have in November that, again, I am also very excited about. Mm -hmm. So next episode, 
we are going to be doing a Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventure book where I'm going to read the book out loud and voice if there's any characters or anything like that. And Nick is going to play our antagonist in a way, if you will. <laughs> it's basically you're going to be making the decisions and uh, we'll see where we go. And we're going to hopefully make it all the way to the end. I, mean, wouldn't that uh, be the... I guess it kind of depends on how it goes. Wouldn't that make me the protagonist? Yeah, that's the one I meant to say. <laughs> Not antagonist. No, screw it. Antagonist. Let's go with it. Yeah. I, I can yeah. take that role. <laughs> <laughs> the antagonist is the main character of the book in this one. But I think that will be super, super cool. I'm going to try and get a little bit extra with all of the editing and some of the sounds and stuff. I do have to ask, is it an actual Goosebumps one or just Goosebumps-esque? No, it's an actual. I have two actual Goosebumps ones. Ooh, I hope it's one I haven't read. Uh, Hold on. Let me go. Let me go grab them. And let, why don't we just decide right now which one we're going to do? So we have... TikTok, you're dead, or welcome to the Wicked Wax Museum. Uh, let's do welcome to the Wicked Wax Museum because I read TikTok, you're dead, and I was younger, so I'd much rather go into it blind. Awesome! Your teacher thinks it'll be good for your class to hang out at the new wax museum in town. Yeah, right. Once you get there, your teacher starts blah blahing. <laughs> there are a lot more of these than I just looked up how many there were there are a lot more than i thought there are this book the back of it says your teacher starts blah blahing about something you know that charlie brown adult voice wah, wah. oh i know but it's like that's in the book synopsis on the back <laughs> it's to help every... what the fuck dude hey you know <laughs> it's getting into the mindset of that kid i guess i was using the wrong voice for the way that that was written <laughs> Once you get there, your teacher starts blah blahing about something or other, and that's when you and your friends see the red door. <laughs> Back in the 90s now. Oh, man. Okay, cool. So we will do Welcome to the Wicked Wax Museum. That'll be super fun. I'll have... I'll put some spooky music in the background. Spooky. Maybe put in some sounds. Do my DM voicing. I'm gonna hate. Here's people said that you can't use Dungeons and Dragons skills in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Little did they know. Little did they know. I'm going to use this in my podcast. It's not a waste of time. So that that'll be that one, and that's that's the the next one, which believe I believe releases the second. I think it's the 27th. So that'll be. The second to last week, because uh, October 31st, Hallow Halloween, well, is on a Sunday. It's true. We do have uh, carps in that time period, so that'll probably slow things down. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it. It'll, it'll come. We'll put it out close to as close to Halloween. If if it ends up, we might maybe I'll put it out on Halloween. If it would end up a weird schedule, we'll we'll, we'll do something with it. We'll get it yeah. as close to Halloween as possible. But. I believe we're recording it the 11th, so it will come out that following week. The I, the first or second episode in November, we are going to have a friend of ours on as a guest. Our friend Claire Wynn, who is about to be a... I mean, I guess she already is a published author, but her hmm. book will be releasing soon. Yes. And uh, I think she said like 25 days. 
October 19th, from what I'm seeing on Goodreads, but she did just post a thing earlier. And her, her book is City of Lights, correct? City of Shattered Light. City of Shattered Light. Look at me, not remembering yeah, names. Let me get you the exact date. October 19th. Cool. So her book, City of Shattered Light, will be in stores October 19th, hopefully, in a lot of stores. I really want this. I want it to go everywhere. I, I'm very excited for her, and I'm excited to have her on the podcast. We're going to talk about her book a little bit, and then I think we're just going to bombard her and sling her into our madness <laughs> with very little warning. Oh, definitely. No, she's not going to get a heads up. I mean, I feel yeah, like... No, it- I feel like we can at least stick to a topic she's familiar with and go with, you know, the cyberpunk aspect. Yeah, we could talk about sci-fi or something like that. It would be very funny if we we're just like, SCPs, get in here. <laughs> Listen, I know that your book's not about this, but here we go, horror. Yeah, I mean, you know, she's cool. I love Claire. She's awesome. I'm very, very excited that she said yes to, oh, good, good God. <sighs> Fucking Xbox notification scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I think that might have showed up on the recording too. Oh my gosh. Oh okay. I'm I'm ready to end the episode now. <laughs> it's oh boy. I'd like to thank Nolan Die for the use of our theme song, Chinaski, by his band Sad Gravity. You can find them as well as his other band, Best Sleep, on Spotify. Both bands have really good music. I just saw that the top song for Best Sleep right now on Spotify is a song called Weird. That one's really good. You should check that one out. You can follow us on Twitter at PassionatelyPod or email us at PassionatelyInterestedPodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot of plosives in that. Holy smokes. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to this super weird episode. Uh, We're both really glad... (laughs) <laughs> that people are here <laughs> for this one hey if they're willing to oh, listen i'm willing to talk yeah so am i i'm <laughs> i hope i hope people find this one entertaining uh i know that we did already like oh, yeah. I, that was that was we got goofy and it's very funny <laughs> so hopefully everybody enjoyed i'm curtis i'm nick did you know that 20 percent of children report hearing voices Thanks for listening.